What is going on, Cultivate family? I hope you're all doing good wherever it is that you're listening to this from today. I have had a week off and it is my first day back and it went so fast, but I'm feeling really refreshed and ready to go with everything. You'll be very surprised to hear that I actually managed to concentrate and read three books and they were all fiction. They weren't even business books. I've been in Thailand, so I've explored a few of the islands. I've been training, I've done lots of sea swims. I did some Muay Thai boxing and absolutely got my ass kicked, but I loved it. And yeah, I just had a week to zone out a little bit and let my mind wander. And I realized that my idea of deep rest is maybe often different to some people's. For some people, deep rest might mean being very still and relaxing. For me, it's actually just allowing my mind to wander and get a bit creative and do a bunch of stuff that inspires me, but also just having time to really leisurely train and not feel like I'm having to fit stuff in all the time. And I've really appreciated the extra time that I've had to, you know, wake up early, do a bit of yoga, go and do my gym workout, sit and read a book for four hours, go for a sea swim. And it was just really nice to let my mind kind of just race in the silly way it always does without necessarily thinking about work, which was cool. So yeah, back at my desk today. And excitingly, I have a couple of coaching spaces for when I get back in March. I have room for a couple of people to join me for one-to-one -one coaching. And I've also got room to take on a couple of programming only clients, which is suitable for anyone that's got a bunch of experience training already. They just want their programming doing. So if you've been thinking about signing up for coaching at the start of this year, now is your chance. Fill in the form in the show notes. Just tell me a little bit about yourself and we'll have a chat and I'll let you know if I can help you. Also, before we get into today's episode, I've got some new Fuzz Culture Club merch on sale. And normally I only do it for my actual clients, but I've decided to open it up for everyone. I had the design idea when I was at High Rocks because people like me often find that they have to compete in gendered categories in their chosen sport. So for me, for High Rocks, and for CrossFit, I have to compete in those categories as female. And I was thinking, wouldn't it be awesome if I could show up to my comps in a shirt that said trans people belong in sports? And then I thought, well, that t-shirt doesn't exist. So I made it and I thought it would be cool to get some done for my clients. But this time I've opened the designs up for everyone. So you can pre-order them at firstcultureclub.com slash merch. And I'll be shipping them out mid to the end of March. So you can grab yourself one. If you are my client or if you are a member of my Superhuman subscription, check the group for a discount code before you order. All right, so let's get into it. Today's podcast, we are talking all about tracking your food. Now, I've been wanting to do this episode for a while because there are many pros and cons to tracking your food. And... I think we hear way more about the cons because of diet culture. With a lot of diet culture chat, we are very used to hearing calories in, calories out, eat less, move more. And a lot of people that have spent a long time being consumed by diet culture, like me, 
we've actually had a really negative experience with tracking our food. But today we're going to take a much more nuanced approach to it, as always, in this podcast. Because although tracking your food could be an aspect of diet culture, there are also reasons that people may want to track their food that are completely unrelated to that. So today what we're going to cover is why might we track our food? Is tracking our food considered a disordered act? Could it lead to an eating disorder? We're going to talk a little bit about food tracking applications. We're going to talk about how we eventually move away from tracking food if we do decide to do it. We're going to talk about what other methods are there to eat a balanced diet that aren't tracking your food. And eventually we're going to finish up with should you track your food based on everything that we speak about today. So as usual, hitting all the nuance, looking at all sides of everything. So you lot have all the information to make an informed decision about what might be best for you based on your mindset, based on your relationship with food and based on all the information that we have. So first up, why might we actually want to track our food? The blanket reason for this is going to be for data purposes. So tracking your food means that you can see the energy that's in that food, the calories, and the macronutrients, so your protein, your carbs, your fats. Some people might want to look further into things like fiber, sodium, sugar, stuff like that. Some people may want to track their food to figure out allergies or intolerances. So if people are having digestion issues or they're having issues with a certain food giving them an allergic reaction, they might choose to track their food for X amount of time to see if they can see a pattern. We might track our food because we're unsure that we're getting enough protein per kilogram of body weight to promote muscle growth and recovery in the gym. We might track our food if we are on a weight gain or a weight loss journey. Athletes might choose to track for performance nutrition purposes. Tracking food is a tool but it is absolutely not the only tool. And where things can get messy is when people start to attach emotional worth to those numbers and start to use those numbers in a way that promotes a very restrictive diet that isn't sustainable. So as an example of why someone might want to track their food, since I started testosterone, I have been through a period of tracking my food. Obviously not while I was on holiday, but for a couple of months on testosterone, I started to track my food. And the reason I chose to do that was because I had a feeling that I was running a little low on protein, especially with the metabolic changes that testosterone has. As when we start testosterone, our metabolic rate changes, it increases, which means technically we need to eat a little bit more food. So I chose to start tracking and I then used that data once I saw that I was low on protein. I made a change. I upped my protein and felt a lot better for it. So that's an example of how tracking your food for a short period of time can be beneficial. It gives us the data that we want quite specifically. And tracking our food is never, ever going to be 100% accurate. But it's still a measure of something. And if you see a pattern or a habit that promotes the change that you want to see, then we learn from that data. We can then move away from the tracking and continue with a more mindful approach to our nutrition instead of having to track everything. So is tracking your food considered disordered eating? So the answer to that is no. The actual act of tracking your food isn't disordered because it's just inputting food into an app 
which shows you the energy values of it, purely just data. However, if you assign emotional worth to that data, if you let that data dictate a good or a bad day for you mentally, if you feel like you become fixated or preoccupied with tracking every last thing that goes past your lips, if you find it really hard to move away from tracking once you've started, if your thought chain starts to turn to good or bad when it comes to certain foods, so you start to demonize more calorie-dense foods and start restricting them, if you're maybe so restrictive with the tracking, that that leads you to overeat or undereat to the point where your health is severely affected, your mental and your physical health. Yes, it absolutely could be. And this is the nuance that isn't necessarily spoken about when people are promoting tracking your food for fat loss most commonly. When you hear coaches saying online, it's just as easy as calories in, calories out. They're not accounting for the headspace that any individual might be in and the relationship that that person has with food. So first really important point to take from today. It is so, so important to work on your food relationship as a priority. And some people might need a coach for that. Some people might need that extra support. If you're in a good spot mentally and you know that your food relationship is in a good spot, then you're all good to crack on. But food relationship does need to take priority over things like aesthetic goals because that's when it can lead to disordered eating or things like yo-yo dieting or even worse, turn into a full-blown eating disorder, which is what happened for me. I was leading such a restricted diet, tracking everything that went in my mouth and it wasn't sustainable in any way and I didn't have anyone to support me through that and I didn't know that I had an issue with it until it was pointed out. And at that point, I had to move away from tracking food, work on my food relationship properly, and now I'm at a point where if I did want to track my food for a short period of time based on wanting to know X or get X result, I could because that food relationship is in a good place. And I know that I hammer this home a lot, but it's honestly so, so important. No diet, no physique goals is ever worth compromising that food relationship for. So work on that first and reach out to a coach if you need some help with it. Let's talk about the apps. So the main two that are very, very popular are MyFitnessPal and Lose It. There's a couple of others, there's Chronometer and there's NutriCheck. Now, my main issue with these apps is that these four are all heavily revolved around weight loss and dieting. And to me, that makes no sense because that's only one reason that someone might choose to track their food in the first place. But these apps obviously want to make money and they want to sell quick fixes. So that's what we got. The thing that really sucks about them is when you sign up for them, they ask you how much weight you want to lose. And what tends to happen is someone that is signing up to that app with a weight loss goal, they will always pick the most weight that they want to lose every week because they want the quickest route to get that result. And what happens then is the app's algorithm will then put that person on a hugely restrictive diet to lose the most amount of weight every week. And that's not sustainable which is the absolute opposite of what I would do as a coach working with someone that wanted to track their food for that result. It doesn't account for how they're going to feel. It doesn't account for whether they might move more on some days and move less on others. It doesn't account for where they're at mentally. 
And what I often find is I'll have people come to me that have used my fitness pal and it's put them on a 1200 calorie diet every day. And they're restricting so much that they eventually end up overeating and becoming very upset and frustrated and feel like they've not got enough willpower when what's actually happened is they should have been given a much more sustainable path to get to their goals. My other kind of gripe with a lot of the more popular apps is the language they use is all diet culture flavors. It's all about earning your food, exercise to burn calories, which is really gross and so tedious. And it would be so much better if it was just a little more straight up. You have apps like Macro Factor and RP Strength that are actually pretty good for this because they're more aimed at athletes and bodybuilders. So there's a lot less clickbait marketing and false claims and incorrect terminology on those apps because they're very, very functional for bodybuilders and athletes. So I actually have time for those two apps, Macro Factor and RP Strength, because they just lay everything out as it is. They don't put any emotional worth onto numbers. The other thing that the more mainstream tracking apps do is they will often tell you to eat back the calories that you burn from exercise, which is slightly bonkers. Because number one, there is absolutely no way any app can estimate this accurately from a smartwatch. When you do a workout and your watch tells you how much calories you've burned, there is no way that that is correct. And number two, if they're telling you to eat back the calories you burn from exercise, that means they're then linking exercise to calorie burn, which we never want to do because exercising by any means is not the only tool to burn calories. That's not what it's there for. And we actually don't burn nearly as much energy as we think we do during exercise, which is often why you hear the term you can't outtrain a bad diet. Exercise is a great tool for weight maintenance, for building strength, for mobility purposes, for long-term health, but we shouldn't be using it purely as a tool to burn calories. Last couple of points on this one. These apps don't account for how you're feeling in yourself, which obviously we know an app can't do, but that's also why having a coach to help you navigate this stuff is so important. Because if someone comes to me and says, I am really under the weather today, I feel absolutely knackered, then it might be that we choose to change the amount of food that they're eating for whatever reason. It might be that during someone's menstrual cycle, they feel a little more hungry. The apps aren't accounting for that. So having a person to talk about this with in real time when you're venturing into tracking can be really handy. So with any of my humans that feel like they might wanna use food tracking as a tool, we don't necessarily dive into putting them in an energy deficit or a surplus for aesthetic goals straight away. We might just track their food at maintenance. So by maintenance, I mean putting in as much energy to your body as your body expends day to day. And we'll then see how that makes them feel. And maybe if they have an aesthetic goal, once they're ready to delve into that further, if they want to, it's all person specific and it's all down to what that person's relationship with food, with their body and with exercise is. And that's the part that a tracking app will never give you. If you do choose to track your food, how do you then move away from tracking? Because we don't want to track forever. Tracking should always be a short term tool. 
you might want to move away from it because you've got what you want out of it and no longer want to track food. So like me tracking temporarily to check my protein was in a good spot. You might be moving away from it because you don't want to do it for the rest of your life and you would prefer to take a more mindful approach to your nutrition now that you feel like it's in a good place. So moving away from tracking can sometimes be tricky as often people may worry that they're going to feel out of control when it comes to food, when they're not necessarily seeing what the numbers are. And as we discussed before, with the right support, and if your food relationship is in a good place, it is far easier to do, and you're not gonna get those feelings of being out of control and wanting to know what amount of calories or macros is in everything. The data that we get from tracking food is data that's gonna stick with you for life. You will intuitively know what portions fill you up. You'll know how much pasta or rice you like that makes you feel full. You'll know roughly what a day's worth of protein looks like and what sources of protein fill you up more than others. That's knowledge and data that you will have for the rest of your life. So it absolutely makes sense to move to a more mindful approach after you've got that data. And that also allows us to move away from it knowing that we're still roughly hitting our protein every day and that's going to promote muscle growth and recovery. Ultimately, we do not want tracking to be a forever thing. And as I said at the start, even professional athletes will take time off tracking. We don't want to do it forever. And if you're listening to this now and you have spent a really big part of your life tracking food, many, many of us have, I did for years, it will feel hard to move away from it. And you don't necessarily have to do it alone. Getting the right coach that can work with you to slowly improve that food relationship and being able to leave tracking behind could be so, so valuable, even if you spent three to six months working with someone if that was your goal. So really, we should all aim to move away from tracking eventually because a mindful approach to nutrition is far more sustainable. So aside from food tracking, what other methods are there to eat a balanced diet? Because we've not actually had food tracking apps for that long. I remember when I got my first iPhone and MyFitnessPal had just come out. I'm going to talk about a few methods that you can ensure that your nutrition is balanced without having to track anything. So the first one is the three to one method. It is a method of eating roughly four meals a day and your first three meals all have one serving of protein and two portions of fruit or veg. Then your last final meal can be slightly more flexible. So this is perfect for people that might eat with their partners, eat with their housemates, or they want to eat with their kids. And what that doesn't mean is that you go mad for your fourth meal and just eat takeaways every night. It just means that you've covered all of your fruit, vegetable, and protein intake before you have your last meal, which is often a bit more of a social meal, that final meal of the day. It's normally the meal that you might eat with your family, with your people. So if you've got three portions of protein and you've had five portions of fruit and veg before that last meal, you know that you've given your body everything that it's needed before you have that more sociable meal with your family. And obviously people that eat with partners or kids or friends that have different eating habits, that can actually be really helpful. So this is quite a nice method for people that want to make sure that they get all their fruits and veggies in and their protein in, but don't necessarily want to track their food. 
Now, the next couple of methods are a little more simple and you may have heard of them. So either using your plate or your hand as a guide. So if you take your typical dinner plate and you can break that up into a quarter of it being a protein, a quarter of it being carbs, half of it being vegetables and having about a finger of fats in there, like an index finger size. Then if you wanted to use your hand as a guide, a fistful of protein, a fistful of carbs, two fistful of vegetables, and again, a finger of fats. This is a nice way to actually visualize laying your food out. And I have some clients that actually find this really handy. I have one particular person that found it really helpful to actually buy plates that are split up into quarters and halves so they could actually lay their meals out ahead of time. And they found that really useful. And I thought that was a really cool way of doing it. Some people might actually just choose to roughly track their protein each day, not even in an app, just by adding it up to ensure that they get a good amount in. And once they know what that looks like, move to a more mindful approach. It could be as simple as if you're wanting to gain a bit of weight to build some more muscle, adding one extra snack in or one small meal in a day. I've currently got a client that is trying to build a bit more size and a bit more muscle mass. So we're adding in one extra snack a day and we're making sure that breakfast is always intentional and never skipped. If you are someone with a weight loss goal, it might be that you take away a snack that you usually have and you're not necessarily tracking your food, but you're taking one thing away and it doesn't necessarily have to be a big thing. We don't have to overcomplicate it. Because remember, we didn't always have food tracking apps. Tracking your food is definitely not something you have to do to eat a balanced diet that's good for your long-term health and your strength gains and your recovery from training. So those are just a few methods. And any questions on those, feel free to reach out in the DMs or any clients that are listening. Shoot me a message about it and let's chat about that a little bit more. Based on everything that I've told you, should you track your food? As always, there is a hell of a lot of nuance needed. So I want you to ask yourself, what is your actual end goal? What do you want tracking your food to achieve? Next, I want you to ask yourself, how is your food relationship? And do you feel confident that you can calculate your energy expenditure and macro requirements? If the answer to the last two questions are good and yes, and you feel like tracking your food will help, then yeah, go ahead. If the answers to those questions are a little less certain or you feel unsure, then definitely reach out for some support before going ahead with any sort of food tracking. As I've mentioned throughout, food relationship needs to take priority. And if you aren't sure how to calculate energy expenditure and macros, then it's definitely best just to ask the question, right? So I hope this has been informative for you today and I hope this has helped anyone that's maybe been on the fence about whether they should or shouldn't track their food or whether they feel like they have to because you absolutely don't. It's just a tool and it's a tool that gives us data. We should never give food tracking any emotional worth. And if we find that it is drastically causing us to undereat or to overeat or to binge eat, then that may be a sign that you need to take a step back from it and work on your food relationship first. So as always, if you do need a bit of support with that, I would absolutely love to help you. Fill in the form in the show notes. Just tell me a little bit about yourself, what you're struggling with nutrition-wise right now. 
I'll let you know if I can help you. And if I can't, I will always refer you on to someone that can, always. So have an amazing rest of your week, Cultivate Family. Take it easy. That's me out.